All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan, and welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Kelly Springer. Kelly Springer serves as Metalflow Corporation's President and Chief Executive Officer. Metalflow Corporation is a manufacturer of technically sophisticated custom metal components, primarily to the global automotive industry. Kelly has made significant contributions to the community through her involvement in a variety of organizations, including her current roles as member of the Michigan West Coast Chamber Board of Directors, member of the Michigan Women Forward Advisory Council, and as executive champion for Inferum's Manufacturers Next Group. She was recognized in 2017 as the recipient of the Lakeshore Athena Leadership Award. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Excited to share some time with you today. Great. So as we get started, share with us a little bit about your background and you know, things like why you chose to go into manufacturing and what led you to Metal Flow. Well, I started in manufacturing um, way before college and that I worked in a family-owned business that had a manufacturing bent to it and that it manufactured, it was a printing company and a family business. After graduating college, I went into the accounting background. My degrees in accounting, I was public accountant for 23 years. And during that time, the main focus of my practice really was tied in to manufacturing. Metal Flow was one of my clients, and I joined the organization in 2013 as the chief financial officer. Really was intrigued about leaving the consulting side of public accounting and being part of a team that was running a successful business. I spent a fair amount of time on the manufacturing floor and learned more about our processes and liked that in a family-owned business setting, although I'm not a family member of the business. I am in fact responsible for executing along with my executive team on all the things that make this business successful. And I think we're going to talk today a little bit about people and people are certainly the number one cornerstone of what we do here at Metalflow. When, especially when you look at the way the labor market is right now and people are incredibly hard to find And so that focus of retaining the people that you already have, those good people that are making everything work, as well as, of course, getting rid of the toxic people that's bringing everybody else down. But what is it? I know that you said that your tagline is people, process, and products, and pride, where people comes first in that. So yeah, share with us your philosophy and, and how you've really changed the culture or worked with the culture over there? Yeah, I think when you think about people, you don't have to go too far to hear lots and lots of articles, podcasts, media coverage about the uptick in automation in American manufacturing. And certainly that's an aspect, but ultimately the core foundation of what we do requires people to do it. And I think We want folks to take great pride in the fact that they're part of the Metal Flow team. 
we refer to our employees as team members. And it really starts, I think, by valuing them and the technical talents that so many of our roles have and recognizing that retention becomes a key part of understanding what all those roles involve. So for us, it's just as important that the person who packs our parts in a box that ultimately puts the shipping label on them and sends them out the door feels equally as valued as the individual who ultimately manufactured that part, maybe with an extreme level of technical expertise that was relied on. When we think about that and that philosophy and or culture, we really were in a position where that became critical even before the pandemic. Labor was, uh, was tasked and certainly retention of those technically strained, t- trained individuals became really important to us well in advance of that. So we have focused on retention as a strategy for our people for many years now and have built that into our culture. And what are some of the things that you do to make sure that that person, like you said, that was shipping the boxes out the door feels just as valued and listened to and heard as the technical people that are making the products? What are some of the things, some of the ways that you're creating that? Yeah, certainly there's, there's the given, right? I think you have to be market competitive, whether that's with your wages, whether that's with your health package, your benefits. And to me, that's just a given in this day and age. It's so easy for that information to be readily available to folks. And certainly we view our team members as part of one larger team. So no role is more important than another. When we think about it, we really have stepped back to say, there's no magic bullet. It's all the smaller individual things that we're able to do. So we recognize that health insurance check, that's a given. 401k check, those things are given. But really how people feel when they walk into our building every day and are they engaged in the important work that we feel we do making safety critical parts? And do they feel like their contribution, whether it's any role in the organization, is valued by those around them? And so building those team, that team environment recognizing those efforts and celebrating success collectively can be almost something that becomes part of your culture, but doesn't necessarily come with a huge price tag. We have intentionally done what we refer to as metal flow high fives, things that are simple, that don't cost dollars, But again, a way that you can recognize someone with, hey, you're getting literally a card that says we're giving you a metal flow high five and their peers recognize their efforts and really trying to celebrate in that way is some of the small things. Certainly we've done fun activities as well. Fun activities around food, fun activities around games and interaction in ways that kind of break the norm and that management role. So we've been intentional about providing some additional training to the individual managers and supervisors of our teams to let them understand how their role and their engagement can really play make a difference and whether someone decides to respond when a headhunter calls them about another opportunity. 
So let's break it down with a couple of the things that you shared. So with the high fives, is everybody given a, a stack of these cards or they're in a common place? Are they printed out? How did, what is the procedure that is used for those? Yeah, so our procedure is our HR team coordinates that activity and it can be someone recognizing one of our core values or principles or following our mission or they helped me out when I was having a tough day. There's really wide open criteria. The process is very simple. You can recognize them. We do take occasions where we use that same approach and do it 100% across the board to the whole team. Manufacturing day is a great example. Celebrating that we get to work in, in manufacturing here and the work that we do and its important nature in terms of the Michigan and the U.S. economy. So when we think about those simple things, it's really just another form of recognition. Okay. And I love the fact that you're doing things with manufacturing day, because I can't tell you how many audiences when I, I, when I mention manufacturing day, how few hands get raised. And that's such an important way to introduce people to manufacturing, to bring it into the schools, to just really bring that pride back of made in America manufacturing. So what are some of the things that you, that you do for manufacturing day? Well, we make it a day of celebration. We highlight some of our wins that we've had collectively as a team over the course of the last year and really use it as a day to talk about the great things about working in manufacturing. The parts that we manufacture, they go all over the world. And so we talk a lot in our team meetings about how we can leverage this broad reach that we all have making safety critical components, um, specifically in the automotive space, but that we're doing that with an American flag hanging in our production facility. Our uniforms have the American flag as part of our production uniforms and really that pride celebration that comes with that. We also host students on that day. This year we released almost like a testimonial video about why we work at Metal Flow and the great things about what we do here that included lots of different team members that we then featured in the video and we released it for the first time on Manufacturing Day. Oh, that's all. So did you bring in a, a whole production team or did you just use your cell phones and walk around the plant and talk to people? Well, we did a little bit of both. We brought in a production team that helped us for items that will be used quite candidly selling our product mm -hmm. um, moving forward. But then we also tagged on to that, the fact that we wanted team members to be part of that. And then we separated all that footage, used some drone video, video of our facility that was shot by one of our team members who happens to have a great skill with drones and really kind of showcased who we are and what we do, and most importantly, the people that we have. Well, and even finding out little personal details about that one employee who would have known that he was an expert or she was an expert drone operator, unless you actually have those conversations and you give that employee the opportunity to shine by being involved in this really cool project. So number one, that's super cool. But when you think about 
attracting people to metal flow. If I'm a candidate and I'm checking you out, I'm going to go and see what kind of videos that you have out there. I'm going to see those, those interviews and do people look like me and does it look like a great place to work? So that's why I asked about the cell phone in addition to the production crew, because of course production looks great, but when you have those real conversations with people, that's going to make it much more likely that a candidate's going to come to interview you to begin with you to begin with because they can see what's going on there and that pride and that that joy that you have of working together I'm sure really comes through on those videos it certainly does and I also think you know when you talk about recruiting again lots of different tools in our toolbox and we try and try things to see do they work? And one of the key things for us in recruiting talent has certainly been our existing workforce, using them to tell their story. Sometimes that's been done through bonus programs, referral bonus programs. But right now we don't currently have that in place. But when we walk through the facility and we're giving a potential candidate who we feel we're selling to the opportunity to see what we do and who it is, we walk them up to a work center and say, why don't you tell this candidate why you work at Metalflow? Why are you here? What gets you excited about coming here every single day? And the answers then we can use that we get directly from our team members, we can use those as we're continuing to build our team and recruit others. And again, no cost to asking those questions. Well, and the other thing too, is it's giving that potential new employee people that they've already met before they even walk in the door instead of being the total new kid on the block. And you're giving your current employees the opportunity to reinforce what they like about working there. And like you said, while capturing what they're saying that you can use for additional fodder to put out there to bring in more people. So it all comes back to that culture because if you don't have that culture where people enjoy working there, it, it's that's going to come across on the videos too. Or if you don't have that culture, you probably wouldn't do videos to begin with. So these exactly. are just the, the little things that you're doing. What are some of the other things that you're doing that surround your culture? Yeah, I think creating this career path for our team members becomes very important. You know, you can look at the statistics and see, you know, whether you group it by age or the fact that Folks can move a fair amount, and certainly in an area of the country that has a lot of manufacturing opportunity for individuals, one of the key things that we've focused on is, you know, how do we create a career path? And that requires, in many cases, a variety of training opportunities. Many manufacturers were certainly very proud of our apprenticeship program, specifically designed for our journeyman tool makers. And that program, which is approved through the Department of Labor, we've taken great pride in and have great success. But we onboarded a training coordinator and have really started to focus on what are those skills and competencies that are needed in our individual roles and how can we help our team members both in twofold. Under, do we understand where they want their career to go And are we asking the right questions through our performance management system to understand what is their long-term desired role? And then what skill, do they understand very clearly the skills and competencies needed 
And then how are we helping them obtain those? Certainly through in-house training, but we also have a very successful continuing education program that allows us to support those future career paths for for our team members. And I think being able to show that, yes, I started in this type of role, but I can talk to others who've made lateral moves, who've made vertical moves, um, who've grown their career in a variety of different roles. And that testimonial, I think, helps us on the retention front, but also on the recruiting front, because we can say, we don't expect you to have stay in this maybe entry-level role in perpetuity, but we'll help you create a career path that will work for you long-term. And I think that'll, that's an attractive opportunity for someone considering employment. Well, it also sounds like you're taking quite an individualized approach with employees. So how do you find out from them? How do you work with them to, to set the career path that they want? Yeah, our performance management system talks about identifying what contributions they feel they've made to the organization so we can celebrate those and recognize those. But a key part of that with their direct supervisor is understanding what do you want? I think, I believe the question we ask, where do you want your career to be one year from now? It's less about title and wage and more about what position do you have an interest in learning more about? How can we showcase you? in that way. In some cases, we've done internal internships where you have a chance to go kind of see what another role might be like. There's some that are very much in line. You can start as an operator, you can become a technical operator, a die setter, enter our apprenticeship program. Those are very, I think, well understood, but now it's creating other opportunities even outside of some of those roles. We also task our team members with learning something new every year. What new skills or training would you like to have in addition to those that their supervisor has identified for them? And through that process, we've been able to kind of highlight some maybe non-traditional career paths that have worked out extremely well for some of our team members. So is there one or two particular stories that come to mind as far as an employee that maybe surprised you with their career path that they chose or a unique way that you helped a particular individual? Yeah, I would say that we have had an individual who went through our apprenticeship program who then decided to take additional coursework. And that was supplemented through a program that we have. And now is leaning more towards what I would call very technical design engineering. And they were able to kind of do an internship in our design engineering group and then make that transition. We've had individuals who have worked in our sales estimating kind of roles who now in one case is the director of procurement for all of the purchasing that we do based on coursework and additional training that's been done. We have other individuals who have started in individual roles, and we've been very intentional about moving them in other areas of the organization. For example, we have a college student who started with us as an intern, joined us full-time in our sales development role, 
spent time on the floor doing tool assembly, then moved into a project management role and will do a rotation through quality as a way to enhance his long-term goals of being a sales engineer. So lots of different examples, but ultimately each can be individualized as long as you have the building blocks within our system to kind of help them achieve those desired outcomes. Well, and you're really showing people that there are lots of opportunities for them because what we're seeing too many times is that when people feel that they want to move ahead in their career, they feel that they have to go to another company to do so. Where when you're taking the time to figure out to put all of these programs into place, it's helping you to keep those people because they they not only know, see it for the their peers, but they can also see themselves in the, those same roles as well. Absolutely. And I think they are the best person to tell what that journey through their career path has meant to them. So along the way, you have to capture what that experience has been. Right. Absolutely. When you're looking at your employees that are learning something new every year, are, is there anything, any way that you're using those employees to maybe train other employees so that they're highlighting that knowledge? Or how are you, are you decimating any of that knowledge, you know, through peer-to-peer type of trainings? I think to some extent we are. I would say it's informal. It's happening informally today. But what we also have are examples of learning a role or some aspect of a role that maybe is a complement to what you do. An example of that I would give is we build a forecast to forecast what our sales volume would be. That's done by our materials scheduling team. Our financial analyst who potentially reports at the end of the month on how we are performing Potentially, an example might be a learning opportunity for that team member might be to go sit with the person who builds the forecast for one month and understand what data goes into it and how that kind of completes that picture of all of those different functions within the organization. Another example may be someone who is in our production environment and really doesn't understand all the different types of quality checks that are required in another area of production. They could spend time learning that technology, whether that's a kiosk piece of equipment or just a new measuring technique. And ultimately they're enhancing their skills, but they're also doing a level of cross-training that almost is independent of the skill that they're developing. Well, and it's not only cross-training, but there's also that communication that is allowing people in different departments to understand the actual process instead of just assuming that it should be done a lot faster or thinking that can be done a lot faster because until they actually get in the mist and see everything that is going on in there and everything that can and probably does go wrong along the way that adds time to it, then it just keeps people communicating instead of just those silos that we run into so often. And certainly I think it builds on our concept and theory that we're one team, we're one metal flow working together, each in a role that's critical and important. You know, when I was 
talking to people, I, you know, someone will say, well, I have no idea what people in accounting do sitting in an office all day. And I said, well, but you don't ever not get paid when it's time to be paid, right? They're playing, they do a critical role. Their role is critical. It's just different than your role. So I think building that through and, and building the concept of understanding what others do and why their role is important versus just making assumptions that I don't know what they do in that role. It must not be important. And I think that's helped us develop that culture of respect, mutual respect, and helped us again, as we look to be successful competing globally in a market that's very demanding. Well, and the other thing too, that really that you are a shining example of is helping people to feel that they're part of a greater mission, you know, that you have that worldwide global impact, that you're not just making widgets for the automotive industry, that you are contributing in this way. So you have the the mission of the organization, you have the internal promotions and cross-training, you have all the different recognitions that are going on and, and looking at every single aspect of culture. It's, it sounds like you have a, a lot of that covered. So what's your favorite thing that you do for your team over there? Yeah, you know, my favorite thing is when we get together and have a little fun and celebrate wins. We've inlined some processes and been able to celebrate some great successes and doing that together as a team is always a highlight for me. I think team wins are better than individual successes. And when we can recognize that and celebrate that in a way that it breeds on itself, quite honestly, because then we have other teams that want to celebrate their successes. And as a result of that, it's truly a highlight. And so anytime we have the opportunity to do that, We've had to be creative with our social distancing and camaraderie in that way, but certainly always a highlight for me. Well, and it also helps to build those relationships that make it a lot harder to quit because if your best friends work there and you're all on the team together, it's hard to leave the organization. So it's one more thing of having fun together, breaking bread together with the food trucks and everything else that have those that where people can have those conversations that they wouldn't normally have on the production floor. Certainly. I I think you also, you know, and if there was a tip or a, you know, lesson learned, I think you have to, you can't rest on what's working. I would say you have to, we have to, as a leadership team, constantly think about you know, what are those dynamics that we can continuously do differently to continuously improve? Continuous improvement is a key, you know, cornerstone in manufacturing processes, but it has to be part of our culture too. And I think if we just kind of say, oh, these are working great, we're, we're finding good candidates, we're keeping the people, yeah, we've, we've lost a few and we're okay with that, but If you don't constantly challenge the organization to think about new ways to enhance that culture, it it won't work for long. There's an end of that runway that comes pretty quickly if you're not constantly thinking about it from a creative or new lens. 
That is so, that's like a mic drop moment right there. <laughs> that's the thing. People will be like, oh, well, we've tried things before and it works for a while and then it doesn't work. It's like, yeah, because it gets old. People get bored with it or it doesn't work anymore. So again, just being open, being creative, not taking yourself so seriously, having fun with it, being open to ideas from other people. Culture, as you have demonstrated beautifully, is something that continues all the time. That There's never a stop to culture. There's never a point where we reach a point that we can't get any better because things will always be changing. So out of everything that we talked about today, for somebody listening to the podcast, what would you say would be your best tip for somebody to get started if they're looking at really improving their culture? I think you have to try a variety of things. I think you have to decide, you know, what is the why, you know, to use that term, but what is the why of why someone should want to work and be part of your team? You should be able to articulate that in a moment's notice and your team should be able to articulate that. So if they can't, start there, start internally, because you can do all these external activities. And ultimately, if, if you internally don't know who you are as an organization, why you do what you do and the direction that you're going, it doesn't feel real or authentic when you're trying to sell it externally to a recruit. So that's probably my one key tip. And again, I go back to your comment. Try things and when they stop working, great. It worked for a while, now move on to the next thing. And if you have hurdles, and certainly there's environmental factors outside your control, encourage others to think outside the box along with you as a leader. Some of the greatest ideas that we've come up with are not things that Kelly Springer thought of. They're things that our other team members had a creative idea and we chose to get behind it and run with it. The power of the greater team always wins. Awesome. Well, Kelly, if somebody did want to continue the conversation with you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Well, you can certainly find me at Kelly Springer um, from Metal Flow Corporation on LinkedIn or on kelly.springer at metalflow.com. Wonderful. Well, again, Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. So happy to be with you, Lisa. Stay well. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow the network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either go to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow this network, the stronger and deeper community we will have. I appreciate you. Thank you.